Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Teacher Talk. I'm your host, Emily. For today's podcast, we will be discussing designing learning environments that are appropriately responsive to linguistic variation and diversity in the classroom. Let's get started and welcome our first guest speaker, Azaria. Hi, I'm Azaria, and today's overall discussion is going to be revolved around linguistic justice and linguistic variation and the diversity of classrooms. But I want to first open up the discussion about how we as teachers can encourage diversity and overall acceptance in the classroom. Now, there's multiple ways to do this, but I think a great way to encourage students to accept each other and hopefully prevent early prejudice-based bias from developing is using something called the jigsaw classroom model. This model is something that is used in school psychology and developmental psychology in order to um, have students accept each other and work collaboratively as a group. So the jigsaw strategy asks a group of students to become somewhat experts on a specific text or body of knowledge, and then they share that material with another group of students. This strategy offers a way to help students understand and retain information while they develop their own collaborative skills. So some ways that teachers can use the jigsaw classroom models is we can be broken down in some easy steps. So the first step is probably to, once you decide the topic that you're going to teach, you're going to divide your classroom into a six-person jigsaw group. And then each group should be diverse in the terms of gender, ethnicity, race, and ability. This is a great way, again, to encourage diversity within your classroom by also encouraging diversity within these groups. So once you divide up your groups, you would divide your day's lesson into six different segments. So whatever lesson that you're teaching, you're going to have to split it up into six different parts. This way that each student from that group can be assigned to one segment of the lesson. And then they would be in charge of knowing their information and their side of the topic. Once you give students time to really study their topic and understand it, you would form these temporary expert groups. And you would have each student from the jigsaw group join other students that were assigned that same lesson segment. And then this gives the students and and the expert groups time to discuss the main points of their segment and to rehearse their presentations and make it easier to talk to their jigsaw group. And once you bring the students back to their own jigsaw groups, you would ask each student to present his or her segment to the group. And this encourages others of the group to ask questions for clarification and to really listen to one another. And then you would float around from group to group as a teacher. You would make sure that each group is, um, you know, no one's having trouble and that everyone's on task. And by the end of the session, each jigsaw group would understand the entire segments of all your lessons because you would combine each segment and each student. So each group would have the knowledge of your entire lesson. And then you would either go for a short quiz or a class discussion about what everyone learned. So the reason why this strategy is so important is that it gives each piece or each student's part an essential part. So it's essential for the completion and full understanding of the final product. And if each student's part is essential, then that student is essential. And that is precisely what makes the strategy so effective. This model encourages students to work together and see themselves as a team. When students have this mentality, they're more likely to accept one another's differences. Therefore, when they recognize differences in language, accents, beliefs, backgrounds, these students are more likely to embrace that diversity. 
and this jigsaw classroom model has a four-decade track record in successfully reducing racial conflict and increasing positive educational outcomes such as improved test performance, reduced absenteeism, and great, greater liking for school. So this is definitely one great example that teachers can use to encourage diversity within their own classroom. That is great information to keep in mind. Teachers are the leaders in a classroom and need to ensure and encourage diversity and equality from all aspects. The jigsaw strategy is a great example and strategy to use in the classroom in order to get all students involved in activities. This strategy should be used more frequently. Great tip, Cesaria. Now, let's hear from our second speaker, Mazal. Hello everyone. To design good learning environments, I feel like being conscious is the first step into tackling cultural language differences. Um, which is with the act of incorporating cultural and language abilities while planning the curriculum and activities to increase the likelihood of inclusive education. Um, I feel like learning about the, the students' ethnic origins and show admiration for them so that you care. Um, teachers exhibit tolerance and understanding for diverse cultures so the experience is very important. Um, to learn more about your students' life outside of the classroom, and use that knowledge to inform your teaching. Um, to also try to discover examples that are meaningful to the people from many cultures and backgrounds. For example, accepting differences in teaching techniques um, and making an attempt to accommodate various communication preferences, such as cognitive styles and activities related to the lessons. Um, I feel like this is more likely to have an effect, a better effect on the child, the student, and to always encourage the student to apply what they've learned to their own life. Very interesting points, Mazal. I totally agree. It is very important to learn and understand the home life a student is coming from. That way, teachers can better prepare for what to include in the classroom to make a diverse and accepting environment. I'm sure students appreciate noticing that their teacher took their personal linguistic repertoires into consideration. Now, let's hear from our third speaker, Athena. Hi, everybody. So as our host just said, my name is Athena, and I'm going to be discussing some of the ways that we can improve linguistic diversity in the classroom, you know, just expand upon some of the things that we've been talking about. So... For me, the first step in incorporating linguistic diversity into the classroom is by understanding the ways in which children communicate. I think understanding is always the first step when it comes to things like this. Um, so I think it's important if we talk about some definitions first. So first I wanna talk about translanguaging. Translanguaging um, is a practice that all language users participate in. And translanguaging is a theory that explains the existence of a linguistic repertoire, quote unquote. And a linguistic repertoire is a lot like a toolbox and everyone has one, whether you're bilingual, monolingual, whatever, everyone has a linguistic repertoire. And depending on the situation, people may utilize different language tools and pull from different aspects of their linguistic repertoire. So understanding that children may have developed different language practices than the ones that are presented in the classroom is an essential first step to creating an inclusive and a comfortable environment for them. So understanding is the first step. And then the second step would be affirming these language practices and affirming the ways in which children communicate and encouraging children to communicate in ways 
that are comfortable for them. And in order for children to be comfortable, you need to design uh, a welcoming condition for them to participate in. So um, traditionally, discussion-based classrooms are highly encouraged, you know, Socratic seminars, things like that. Um, but sometimes the speed and flow of discussions in the classroom is not inclusive for all students. Students who are anxious about speaking up or communicating best in a nonverbal manner will not be able to fully participate in classroom discussions. So an alternative that you could offer perhaps is uh, utilizing independent writing time. You can utilize journaling. We could do virtual journaling, like using platforms such as Flipgrid are also great alternatives to typical, you know, traditional classroom discussions. Having variety um, is also a huge way to incorporate linguistic diversity into your classroom. So varying the experiences and the activities that you present not only keeps children engaged, but seeing them represented in the activities that you do also, you know, that's that 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 affirmation, that encouragement that needs to happen in order to keep promoting this diversity. So switching up groups, um, partners, etc., switching up um, the students that normally work together, that creates variety. Also implementing one-on-one -on -one instruction creates variety. So sometimes, you know, you could be participating in group work, group activities, and then other times... Um, you could be meeting with students one-on-one -on -one to, you know, give them a more personalized and individualized experience and help, you know, meet their needs even more. Varying the ways that you present information um, will also help with this. So presenting on slides, using pictures, using different definitions, using videos, using all the resources available to you to help um provide more understanding to the students um, is crucial. Very insightful information, Athena, and thank you for your definitions of key terms to keep in mind when trying to create a linguistic variation setting in the classroom. I especially agree with your point about the difficulties with using discussion-based learning in the classroom. I totally see your point about students feeling anxious about speaking up, especially if they do not feel confident in their language capabilities. The other ways you mentioned, such as journaling or independent writing, will be a nice way to make sure everyone fits in nicely. Great ideas. Now let's hear from Olivia. Thank you for the introduction, host. So I'm going to be talking about having an inclusive and diverse classroom. Um, so first off, it is important that each student feels appreciated and loved for who they are. From the beginning, it is important that each child is proud of their identity and no one else feels left out. As teachers, it is important to embrace each student's language and culture so that the child does not feel nervous to participate in that class. When a student speaks another language other than the primary language being used in the classroom, the child may feel intimidated by this. And so for the, chi for the student to feel comfortable, the teacher should establish a welcoming and diverse classroom from the get-go. Ways that the teacher um, may do this um, is by encouraging everyone to be themselves and to encourage translanguaging, using different languages throughout their lessons to expose the students to more diverse ways of communicating. This may open up the conversation of using those different languages and have every student feel comfortable, even if they're not speaking the same language that everyone else is. 
Those are some very important points you touched on, Olivia. It is very important for students to feel appreciated and comfortable every time they step into a classroom, especially from day one. I also agree with your statements about embracing each student's language diversity. It is important for students not to feel ashamed or uncomfortable if they speak another language. The additional languages they speak should be seen and embraced in a positive light and be incorporated to ensure a diverse classroom environment. Now, let's hear from our fifth and final speaker, Kaylin. Hi everyone, my name is Kaylin Woods. I'm going to touch upon some of the other ideas that were mentioned previously, and I just want to start by saying that all of the teachers that have spoken have come up with such great ideas regarding the incorporation of linguistic variation and diversity in the classroom setting. It's definitely so incredibly important for teachers to establish a warm and welcoming classroom environment that is encouraging of all students, as previously mentioned. Teachers must allow students to speak in such a way that is comfortable to them and feels true to who they are, as there is no one right way to speak. And by allowing students to embrace their linguistic backgrounds rather than suppressing them, they're able to participate more freely and feel a greater sense of belonging in the classroom. Teachers should also make an effort to get to know their students and their families on a more personal level, as this will create a sense of trust and acceptance among students and their families. Teachers can do so by encouraging students to share information regarding their linguistic or cultural backgrounds, which could include family history, family traditions, activities they engage in, foods they prepare and eat, etc. And using the information gathered, they can educate other students in the class on different linguistic and cultural practices, which can be incredibly helpful to others. Thank you, Kaylin, for your feedback on this matter. You bring up important points regarding acceptance and trust, not just between the teacher and student, but their families as well. It is so crucial that everyone be included and encouraged to participate in ways that are diverse and accepting. Great job, everyone, and thank you for your input and participation in ideas for diversifying the classroom and making it a safe and welcoming space for all students. We hope this podcast provides some ideas for others in diversifying their classrooms. Thanks for listening!